Aloha, everybody. This is Marnie, your host for the Golden Thread Podcast. I'm really excited to welcome in 2021 with my first guest of 2021, who is Shems Hartwell, who lives on Maui with his beautiful wife, Achintia. And welcome to the Golden Thread Podcast, Shems. Thank you, Marnie. Great to be here with you. I'm really thankful that he agreed to be my first guest for this podcast, um, mainly because I truly feel that this year is about understanding the masculine energy and everything that Shems represents is truly, truly inspiring. Uh, just as I'm kind of going over his bio and all the things and accolades that he's achieved, I want to just share this with all of you out there, you know, that he is um, a guide for men and women and couples along the path of empowering their life and their relationships. He does coaching courses and retreats and works with individuals, individuals, excuse me, as well as leading online courses um, and experiential retreats. He does coaches, coupling coaches, counseling. He does a men's passage retreat, a leadership, men's leadership council. Um, and let me just, let me just share with you a little bit about um, his bio. And so Shems has been honing and sharing his craft for over 20 years and has been mentored by some of the most influential teachers in the fields of coaching, healing, relationship, and transformation. And he blends his experience and knowledge into highly effective work that is the leading edge of the human potential movement. He is also a passionate athlete, and I know surfer, and musician, and lives on the beautiful island of Maui with his wife, Achintia. He has a certification leadership and relationship coach um, certification from Hendricks Institute, has done professional training and mentorship work with Robert Masters Center for Transformation, two years of training in relational constellation and IFS work at the Relational Constellation Institute, and over 18, I would say 20 years of experience in men's work, retreats and facilitation, um, boys to men youth mentoring facilitator, which I'm really excited to learn more about, 20 years of Qigong study with various teachers, including Grandmaster, is it Zhao? Master Zhao, yes. Zhao. Beautiful, licensed acupuncturist, studied radical wholeness with Philip Shepard, author of The New Self, New World, and trained in mystical principles of healing with Thomas Hubble. Mm -hmm. Thomas Hubble is a, a beautiful German man. Ugh. I mean, just reading all of that, I'm just so inspired and very, very humbled to share this time and space with you. And um, I got to meet Shems many, many years ago. I think it was actually at, was it at the Jai Dev Kundalini? It was. It was it at was one of the Kundalini days, yeah. One of the Kundalini training days that we did with Jai Dev on Maui. And um, I've gotten to know him little by little over the years. And um, really just thankful that we get to spend some time today to learn about really what your offerings are and what your dharma is and maybe we can just start off with like where you're from and where you were born how you were raised and what led you to where you are today that's a loaded question i know <laughs> it's so 
so much. But um, yeah, like just sure, yeah. sure. Okay. Well, thanks, Marnie. Thanks for that. It's all. It's always a, quite an experience to like have read back to me. You know what's on the website and all that. You know that yeah. presentation we do in this realm, and I'm like watching my body just go. Oh goodness. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. thank you for that, and um, great to be with my own discomfort in that way. <laughs> I, both of my parents were born in Germany. Both of my parents lost um, my father, both his parents, and my mother, um, her father, at young ages. So, and by fate and by life and by grace, they both ended up in the U.S., which is a whole story. And um, I was born in California, in the Bay Area near San Francisco, and grew up there mostly. My parents uh, divorced when I was six. It was quite traumatic. My father has a lot of trauma, so. I would say a lot of the work I do is rooted in healing and recovering from a lot of that early imprinting of childhood. It's like there's the gold and the phenomenal, you know, trauma that we all dance with probably in our lives in different ways. And fortunately, I had enough positive energy with my mom and aspects of my father that it catalyzed me to have the capacity to attract teachers and people in my life. So. You know, I went through school and life, and then really struggled in a lot of ways. Whether that's school and learning disabilities, which I had through a lot of my childhood, I was fortunately good at sports. And then I had a lot of relational challenges in my 20s, and would have fits of anger like my father had. Even though I hated those fits of anger, my system had that, and it would turn inwards, and it would turn outwards. Not necessarily at my partner, but into the world, and just frustration and all these things that would overwhelm my nervous system. And because of that, I got into qigong and tai chi and yoga and a lot of the beautiful things that were available living in Santa Cruz at the time, and getting exposed to some of the leading edge things going on. And that began this beautiful journey for me of having some mentors and teachers through my life in California. I went to college in Santa Cruz. I went to college in Humboldt, then back and went to acupuncture school in Santa Cruz. And all along that journey of time, I was really fortunate to. Do a lot of workshops, do a lot of retreats, get to be with a lot of different, you know, healers, spiritual teachers, Adi Ashanti, all these different folks. And little by little, it feels like I gathered tools, I learned, I shed old things, and I came into my own capacity. And that included men's work that I was doing for my own work and relation work. And then um, I met Gangeti Hendrix. Who have the Hendrix Institute? Gay's a prolific author of like 30 books, and being with them, I spent three years mentoring with them and doing their their workshops, and it was phenomenal. Like as far as like the rewiring, the first workshop I went to with my partner at the time, who became my wife, I was blown away. It was the first environment I was in where there was so much aliveness, like the amount of expression, the amount of energy, the amount of realness, the amount of authenticity, and the amount of like. Just straight up raw potency of people just being able to feel their feelings, and but at the same time not necessarily messy, like with ownership and all that. And they had she had so many people apprenticing with her that the space had all these newbies like me coming in it, and then had these folks who had been marinating and in, in that environment for a long time, and it created a very unique environment that I was completely drawn to. You know, after being in the raw food movement and spending time with David Data and all these people, I saw a lot of. Mixed experiences in a lot of those environments, and a lot of spiritually mixed experiences. Like a lot of people who are spiritually bypassing and had these things, and then they couldn't do relationship. When I was around the Hendrix, I was like, "This is not happening." There was a lot of powerful energy, and so because of that, it led to me kind of having a major education and learning experience that began a whole another level of process of my life. That's、um, a quick,、wow. quick, short, tight story. <laughs> <laughs> wow.、Um, 
I just, I love all of it and how you got to where you, where you are and also understanding how your past contributed towards your future and, and how it all aligned um, to do the work that you're doing today. And you're really focusing, um, and I remember, I remember the Hendrix, but this was like, 30 years ago that I think I was uh -huh. exposed to their work. Um, I don't know if they came to Oahu to do a workshop at some point, um, but I remember one of their books that we utilized in healing school and um, very powerful work, but not that many people were doing couples work. And I think it was the same time that it was like Mars versus Venus. Who is that author? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. That whole Men are for Mars, women are for Venus. Venus. Yes. Yeah. The whole time frame of of that kind of work was coming out. And um, I know that even now, even today, which is one thing that I wanted to cover with you is this this aspect of the couple's work, the relational work that you do. Um, and not just for, I would say, maybe, and you can let me know if it's for existing couples, but really I see this huge movement, you know, as we welcome in the sacred divine feminine of, of women like without partners and wanting to attract a partner and finding a highly conscious man and you know that kind of gap that we're existing in right now there is a gap right now um so can you tell me a little bit more about what relational coaching is um and how people can work with you or what that means sure first i would start saying i i really believe that relationship is the front line of human evolution and maybe that's not only relationship with, you know, men, women, all that, but also within our own selves. And there's so much disturbances in what we've grown up with culturally, especially in the West, but yet all around most of the world. Like I have clients in, in countries all over the world and a lot of the conditions we've received has, is just not modeled a way of knowing how to be with one another, a way of listening more than just with our mind, but with our heart and our gut and turning on more of our full capacity. So we're relating from integrity in the sense of wholeness rather than from mind to mind, which is why a lot of relational stuff gets disturbed because there are different ways that men and women or, or men that are more feminized or women that are more masculinized relate. And we almost always attract polarity in relationship and polarity on the positive sense of like sexual magnetism and, you know, energy resonance. And then we have a shadow attraction always too, of like where our growth edge is, where our trauma is, where our unresolved early imprinting, whether that's from our family or even from our ancestry. And we're all carrying this in some ways, a lot of undigested or, um, potential healing in us because all of us have a history of our ancestry having loss having wars having countries of fight and you know so much has happened so much trauma and no matter who we are and how healthy our family dynamic was most of us still have trauma in our nervous system and on some level we will attract situations in our life to help us heal and evolve and that's a really beautiful way to look at it from that place versus seeing relationship challenges and problems and that's the the goal i go from is like all right, I've called you in and there's some gift in this dance with you. And even though there's ways I don't like and I'm not comfortable with or I don't like these aspects of you, I'm it's more interesting for me to discover what that is about in me than it is for me to make you wrong for it relationally. And that's kind of the premises I like to work on is how do I take more ownership and responsibility for what's showing up in the relationship, especially my own reactivity, avoidance, resistance, numbness, whatever it is that shows up in us. 
And I, I really believe that when we start to take that level of responsibility and learn, our relationships become this phenomenal catalyst of, of growth, of healing, of, of spiritual evolution in a way that you can't do on your own. Like no matter how much I've gone and lived in the forest alone and meditated and done my work and mantras and, and Qigong practices and all these things, it's all been phenomenal much of it has been tested on on the in the relational world like all the tools i have in the and i know that from many of the couples i work with it's like gosh i feel like i healed all my father stuff or my mother wounding and then i got together with you and it's like i don't know why this stuff's coming up but it must be about you <laughs> right and yet i what i believe is that we have these different layers of strata in, in us just like the earth has different layers of strata of like things that we can heal in our on our own and through certain situations and through, through certain life challenges and relationship usually brings up the deeper strata that you can't get to unless you're in a deep level of intimate, you know, commitment and you're facing different levels of responsibility of stuff that that's when stuff surfaces up or when you have a disease or when you have a big financial crash where all of a sudden you have to get to get in touch with your trust in a way that, you know, you may never, not have another opportunity to do that, right? So I, I simply believe that relationship is the place where we have phenomenal potential to evolve. And much, most of us have been doing that work on our own in a lot of ways, right? We've been doing our meditations, we've been doing our spiritual downloads, we've read the self-help books, and that's wonderful. And all of that hopefully is preparing the ground for us to show up in that way relationally, whether that's with our parents or our partner or our children, as you know, right? Where all of a sudden things come up that your children activate that nothing else could activate in your life, right? Yes, or our pets. Or our pets. <laughs> yeah. That's, yes, and I, I do completely agree with you that, you know, we are all doing this incredible time of evolution and our own spiritual work right now. And, um, but, no temple or monastic setting is going to give you the kind of experience that you can achieve in a relationship or welcoming in that relationship. Um, and so your work, do mainly couples come to you and then they go through a, a coaching program with you or how does it work? Or does single people come to you to work on their own relational um, sabotaging habitual patterns, negative expressions of self? How does it work? Yes, yeah, so I work with couples and I often have couples work with me for a committed three months. For instance, I believe it takes kind of a season to upgrade our nervous system. If you think about it, most of us are running on an operating system that we inherited that's like the, the year 2000 MacBook rather than the 2021 MacBook that we could be using. And we, we do need things to help us upgrade that, that operating system. And life is trying to do that all the time. However, most of us don't have the time, space, tools, or even the container to actually cultivate and practice that. So I think of relational work as being a practice of cultivating and feeding what's working and starting to get aware of what's not working and finding new ways to respond rather than react. So when I work with a couple, I work with them individually at times and together. That way I could, let's just say I'm seeing a pattern between a couple and I'm helping them work through something and I'm really seeing one of them um, I use the term go below the line, but in some ways shut down, check out, um, put a bunch of walls or defenses up. 
I may not always call that out immediately in the session until I have a deep rapport with both of them. And so it really helps to work individually and say, hey, here's what I noticed you doing when you were with your partner. Like, I really noticed when you stopped listening, when something you went to protection and you backed off and you didn't engage anymore. And I want to help them discover that, but not under the heat and pressure of their partner calling them out on it too. Because as we all know, once our partner kind of knows something we might be doing, they may use that unconsciously as leverage. And then, then here comes the continual tension or power struggle. So I really try to read what's going on, give feedback to both and invite things and then, and then more directly give feedback to people individually because then it's a safer container sometimes for us to understand what's going on for us. We're under less pressure and our system can relax into learning rather than learn through under pressure, under tension, under stress, because most of us don't respond well like that. Like, you know, children don't learn well under pressure. A lot of mechanisms shut us down, our brainwave activity, go, we go in fight or flight. So a lot of my work relationally is how do we create a space so we're co-regulating our nervous systems? So we're more in a place of openness to learning and discovery and expanding and curiosity than we are into, breaking through through major tension and fighting and all this stuff because once we get there we've already stopped the possibility of learning so a lot of the work is we get to that place how do we start to unwind from that place and return to de-armoring relaxation curiosity willingness to notice what's going on for us in relation to the other so i work at that level then i work a lot with people individually whether that's men or women a lot of women i'm helping them heal trauma with men and and to build their rebuild their nervous system so that they trust their intuition they trust their listening they don't get intoxicated by certain male patterns that have history in them that many women have done you know for lifetimes or or for generations where women even though they know in their mind they don't want to give their power away or you know becoming codependent their body and their nervous system hasn't caught up to that pattern. So I'm helping educate women sometimes in how do you do that? How do you grow a greater capacity to be with a man who may overpower in some ways, who may, um, his anger may all of a sudden trigger all your alarms for fear and then you're not, you're not sober. You're intoxicated by reactivity and then the same pattern slips in and then you're not happy. So I work on that level too. And then I'm helping men really upgrade their systems a lot and I do this in groups and I do this in, in your year long process. And then individually, I'm helping men really come to a place where they can befriend their anger. They can recognize the fear that's often below it and why anger ignites so much is actually just below it usually is fear that we're not willing to be with, that we, you know, anger safer to be with. So I'm helping men also understand how to activate their primal body and energy system. So they have more capacity to notice anger, but not act from anger, to not have anger turn into aggression, mm. which is what real toxic anger is, is aggression coming at ourselves, at another versus like, wow, there's a lot of anger here. Like, whoa, how do I be with that? How do I meet that? How do I digest that and not have to leave the room or create a mess, but actually go through that process so I'm safe. Mm. Masterful work, my friend. And all stuff I've had to learn, you know, yeah. like through through trial and error, through crashing, through all the things that I've yeah. had to grow through, you know. Yeah. But it also takes a tremendous amount of awareness, conscious listening, yeah. delicate relational communication. You know, it is it's it's really cultivating aspects of yourself to be that steward and that guide and 
and I read through some of the comments on your website and all of you guys can find this on shemshartwell.com it's s-h-e-m-s heart h-e-a-r-t well w-e-l-l.com um and read through some of the comments of people's testimonials of working with with shems and how it's it's really a kaleidoscope like you said of not just you know learned um, ways of being through your own resilient courageous spirit and soul to exist on this planet and get through your trauma in order to be of service but also finding ways that make it joyful and make it approachable right because a lot of this work is really deep deep work and many people naturally are in fear of it this capacity to be so intimate with someone else and to trust being led into these spaces within yourself you know is um really is it's it's masterful work i'm just i really want to comment on that of what you've shared and how you exist in the world is is very unique <laughs> you know in a way that i think a lot of people um only dream of and they don't believe that they could have that much joy you know to be in a relationship like that and i think that we are ready <laughs> i yeah. think that we are ready for this and we're ready to to work at this level of intelligence within a relationship and so please look at his at his site so that you can see all the different ways that he works with individuals and couples and does it um, in person and in private and online, as well as the focus on on the men, which is what I wanted to kind of lead into a little bit is just the men's passage and your one year course of the men's passage, as well as men's retreats. I know you had one in August of 2020 last year, and will you be doing another one? Um, I just feel like I should just direct the whole men's coven and everyone that I work with just give them to you. <laughs> You know, um, because I do believe, and I, this is over my years of, of teaching, that um, especially if there's wounded around the feminine, you know, the men's capacity to surrender deeper into himself really needs to be cultivated with another masculine. And until he feels it to be safe in that container, then he can open up to the feminine. And I've just, in my experience, um, it always comes to a block. So please explain a little bit about um, how you see the Aquarian man emerging right now and what does he look and feel like? And if you're listening to this and you're like, that sounds like me. I really want to work with Shems or I'm interested in, in his work. Um, tell me what they would be hearing. First off, beautiful share on your side. Thank you for what you said. And, um, you know, I've, it's been an evolving thing. I've been, I never thought I'd leave men's work for one. I never had that intention. It got asked of me more after doing a lot of myself, you know, and being involved in a lot. And what's beautiful is right now, it's such a hot fire. There are so many wonderful men's things happening, like with Sacred Sons, those brothers are holding such a beautiful space and many others. And some men who've worked with me are over honoring their own, offering their own creations. One of the things that moved me to do men's work, and even though that it terrified me in some ways, seven to men's work, because you know I, I, 
I've had an issue with a lot of aggression in men and didn't resonate a lot of times in my life of, of dealing with some men when they really can be overpowering and all that. And I just was like, I don't want to be like that. And I don't want to do men's work like that. And a lot of the men's work I did in my early years, whether that was this rite of passage work I did in Canada, had a military aspect to it, which a lot of, you know, it's it's got this, it's, it's a lot of power and a lot of energy, which is awesome and needed. And really where I wanted to come from is I want to lead with connection. I think men's greatest edge is learning to connect with each other and not just sit around and talk about beer, have beers and talk around football and connect and resonate. It's not just that love, it's that connective, like getting honest, getting authentic, getting real, but not also just getting too soft. It's just, it's a balance of, of knowing how to be with each other and get just real. What am I facing right now? Like, what is my edge right now? Where am I shutting down? Where am I not showing up? Where am I scared about money? Where am I like, over, like checking out with drugs or alcohol rather than checking in and doing what I need to do to stay fit or whatever it is. And so I, my beginning of creating this container four years ago, the men's passage was, I want to create a space for men to, to at first get to know and connect with other men. And it's been online and it's been retreats in person. And then at the same time, once there's enough safety and a sense of like, right, I trust these guys, turn up the heat a little bit. Like, how can we call out some of the shadows, some of the patterns, some of the things where people keep repeating the same issue, keep having the same complaint, keep having the same judgment of someone else and start to have a space to confront and break through those things, but not start with that. You know, because like some of the early men's work I did, they'd put us all, you know, in a huddle at night thing and then hose us down while we're walking through the night and really break us down in some ways, which is cool. Having to find your power and your prowess and your your manhood is good. And it doesn't, I don't think it doesn't fully mature unless we also feel really safe and we feel like we can kind of break open a bit too. And so that's been the balance for me of, of a safe, um, soft, open, real space that's welcoming to all. And then enough heat and directness and potency and brothers who are willing to see each other and reflect what they see and, and be confrontational, but doing it from a place of like, I'm not trying to one up with you. I want to help you see this because when you see this and you see what you're playing out, you're serving everyone. And that's kind of the premises we work with a little bit in the men's leadership council, which is the year long journey. We have this place where we're, we're calling all each other off. We got this powerful agreement for feedback, which is what I learned from Gay and Katie was that most of us grow from feedback, both positive and negative. And most of us have a nervous system that's wired to be like a police officer, always looking for what's wrong, whether that's in me, what's wrong with me, why, why can't I be enough? Or then what's wrong with you? Like looking. And so I, I always invite men, can you see what you can appreciate in this man first before you break him down? Before you judge and challenge and, and do that, which doesn't create rapport usually, can you also see the gifts and the essence and the gold in this man? And then once you see that, can you highlight the shadows? Can you highlight the the places where this person is maybe checked out a little bit or, or playing out something where they need to heal and grow. And to me, that's the edge I like to work at, mm. where we're willing to see both. Because a lot of men, it's very easy to radar in. We're all very good at seeing and criticizing each other and seeing each other's you know, lack, lack of skills. And we highlight that and we, we poke at it very skillfully. And sometimes we play with it in, in environments. And I'm like, that's great. And mm -hmm. it doesn't usually perpetuate true growth. Mm. And so I want to permit you growth because I want, I want people, I want to feel like I've got myself aligned so that someone trusts me enough that I'm willing to know that they're, they feel held and seen and cared about. And I'm also willing to pull the sword out and say what I see and call out, but I've built safety and rapport first. And I 
have all the men that do the work with me in the men's passage or who've been mentoring with me for the year cultivate that capacity because i believe that's the growth edge when you ask me like what's the growth edge of humanity it's men being able to hold both aspects to grow their warrior to grow their power to grow their groundedness to grow their strength and not get too soft not get too but be able to have both sides of it to me like an underbelly of vulnerability and a powerful backbone of like boom i'm standing for me and i'm standing for life and i'm standing mm. to protect those i care about i love it yes to all of it <laughs> that's yeah. like yay so awesome that we're at this moment right now i can cry <laughs> so beautiful to to welcome in the balanced masculine you know the one that that you said like is strong and is there and confident in who he is and then able to access his emotional intuitive self and and be able to express that in ways that aren't channeled through things that we've done in the past which is either anger or frustration or control but actually like create with it create with that energy or create more connection with that energy um which takes a lot of awareness right and so yeah and so really commend you on your work and how many men are usually in these groups or you know is it is it a very very big group if i was going to share it with my male friends you know um or is it very small or is is it only like so many men can join in every year or how does it work yeah so the men's leadership council which is the year long we've done 15 men in that you know as a tight container for the year which was about number the we've done six men's passages and the the first group had 12 men super intimate super tight The most recent last two groups have had 30 men plus a few men co-facilitating with me. So up to 36 or so that are holding space. They're not participating as much as they're holding space and we're on the screens, right? And then when we've done retreats at Sierraville and in Hawaii, we've had 25. And I thought that was a we're right on that edge of being a little too much, so we've tried to bring it down to about 22. And what I like about that number in person, which at this time is so crazy we can't do that. I've had to cancel three retreats, which has been unfortunate because I, you know, there's there's gold in the in the 10 weeks together online and meeting and looking at each other through Zoom checkerboards and a lot of the work of consistency. You can't combine that you can't compare that to being in person. So to me they're mutually supportive because a four or five days intensive together where we can line up as men and take the words out and be with each other and wrestle and drop in and do all these engaging things that keep putting us on a certain edge that have us keep showing up mm-hmm. and then have fun together like soak in the hot springs or whatever it is later that we've been doing and it's been incredible to go from super deep to walking circle and eye gazing with men and and letting ourselves embody the tyrant on a certain level and be what's it like when we're by tired how do you see these guys and we do all this experiential things because I don't like to get caught in talking heads Mm-hmm. So then the men in the in person we're doing a lot and what we what we've evolved to online is breaking into groups of 2, grouping in groups of 6 and doing breakout groups in Zoom so that there are these intimate smaller circles for men to go deeper with a few men because 30 men on a screen or 30 it's too much for a lot of men. And we've had men, you know, from different places around the world from Puerto Rico to Japan to different places and yet mostly from North America. Mm-hmm. Um, some from Europe. and it's been incredible 
one thing that we're we're working towards more of is, is simply expanding diversity of course right we all know that's the key is like we want to have more men from different walks of life to come bring their gifts and their experiences and so that's something we've been little by little expanding into each time Mm, which that that brings up a question within me is not just the diversity you know in ethnicity but also the the diversity of like the gender of like welcoming in men that are choosing different genders sexually how does that function in that in that environment and is it i know it's a very fragile subject but is it welcome and you know because i i feel like a lot of the men that i've worked with in the past you know choose to be i think i would say if they're sensitive and very connected to their emotions really intuitive have a more like you said feminine essence to them whether they're recognizing it or not or whether they're choosing to be um bisexual homosexual whatever sexual gender whatever they choose how does that work in a men's group because when we're trained like when i think of it men's group i just automatically go to like fraternity and like the boys club and you know and all of those things and shifting that perception to be inclusive right and not exclusive um is it working for you to to welcome in those different demographics yeah, it's been wonderful. We had four homosexual men in the, this current course, which is the last call, last sessions today. Um, I have one man in the Men's Leadership Council who is homosexual, Lord, mm -hmm. and we've had quite a few men at retreats both ways. We create a total safe space for that. Yeah. We, we, we be careful sometimes when we're talking about male, female, and, and yeah. obviously we're learning and sometimes someone in the group slips up and is a little more focused on too much male, female, and that, usually there's an understanding of that because we're in a men's thing. However, we're, that's the, that's, what's kind of the evolving edge for us in some ways too, because, you know, I, I sometimes like to take the gender part out of the stance and, and we're creating something called a woven right now. I'm working with two other folks, a, a man and a woman, we're creating an online platform for men and women to connect and to do deeper work and to have safe spaces to cultivate a lot of these skills because I don't want to keep doing men's work and then having men work separately and, and I'm more into integrating this thing and not having such a difference. So everyone's welcome no matter what yeah. their preference is sexually in a certain yeah. sense and, and where they are because just for myself, I was much more feminized and masculinized a lot of my life and I've learned to grow more of my masculine capacity and was very wounded because I was a bit more soft and sensitive than I was powerful and strong. And I found that balance. And I think we're all finding that balance point. And there's plenty of women in the world who are overly masculinized and are running on masculine power energy and it's not serving them or their relationships. And and for me, it's this this dance of, of being optimally tuned like an instrument in ourselves where we can play all colors or all octaves, you know, like, like as being a musician, I want to be able to play with other musicians. So I got to make sure I keep tuning my instrument, right? So it's in tune to resonate with others. And so that's how I like to think of it is that we're tuning our instruments so we can relate with anyone and everyone and everything, because so much of the insanity of humanity is that we're disconnected. We're living in our mind and not our wholeness. And we're not in relationship with, with Mama Gaia, with, you know, with the Aina, with the earth, the land here. We're not in right relationship with the plants, with the elements, with the water, with the forces of life, with spirit, with our ancestors. And so in some ways the work is, this is, this is us reconnecting to everything. 
and being a part of everything and an expression maybe in a male body or an expression in a female body but i'm i got a lot of colors in this being and the more that we heal the more full spectrum we open to some people say we're locked in certain personality traits and i think that might be true at a certain level and yet i've noticed in my own self and many people i've worked with that as we've learned to heal and make peace and really have more self love and therefore love for everything on some ways we're not locked into these certain personality locks that we think oh i'm just like that i think that's a false story we have so much more spectrum that we can continually evolve into we live so many lifetimes in this lifetime i know many of us have had different lifetimes in this lifetime of who we were and who we are now why wouldn't that continually just evolve and open and we discover more capacities we have and more um potential of all beings inside of us that's how i like to operate okay <laughs> just yeah. like it's so much it's so great um i hope you guys are all enjoying this because it you know shems is like a big kaleidoscope when i look at his aura he's just existing in so many so many realities and bringing that all to focus for you guys to to really understand the uniqueness of relationship coaching as well as like being an aquarian man in the age of aquarius like what that what that feels like and how to embody that and for these younger men who are coming in really so open with a lot of clients that are that are children you know that are just they're they're so wide awake um how do you see your work with your boys to men um coaching or what is that what is the boys to men um i know that's with trevor spring or you guys have worked together um so if if this is what age group is this for you know i've been in part of boys to men in two different windows Rec more recently i got to staff one of the weekends with trevor on the big island which was awesome and that was mostly boys from kawaii oahu and the big guy and then years ago in santa barbara i was involved in boys to men where we took inner city kids and brought them out to the wilderness and it's very similar same organization that came from the the mankind project and that age group is usually depending on the maturity of the boy between 12 and 17 or 18 and the boys who go through the first weekend are welcomed back as journeymen so that they can hold space for the younger boys and that's a beautiful part of it is that there's a mentoring aspect and what Trevor's doing which is so awesome is that it's very plugged into the schools and they're so they've got regular relationships with these these boys in the schools so they're meeting weekly or even more often sometimes and then they come they get to come out to the woods and have this experience and the boys who've been cultivating that relationship you know they're being asked again and again more to step into certain roles to hold space and be models for the other boys or to help school them at times when they need you know a certain reflection from them that we're not giving and what i really love about the premises of boys to men is we're we're learning as as mentors to operate differently to model a way of being as men that offers them another way to see how men can and do relate in an environment like this and the principles of boys to men are really beautiful and that's one thing that inspired my work too with men was because a lot of your work at first is to listen and admire and appreciate these boys they get enough criticism they get enough pressure of like you need to be more this way you need to be better in school you need to be a better athlete we're more like how do we help these boys feel seen 
accepted, welcome, loved, and let that grow something different in them so their confidence starts to come online. So they start knowing who they are and they've got a place that's safe where they know they're accepted no matter what they are and who they are and what they do and whether they're skillful at school. And it really gives them another environment to start to thrive in so they can be more confident in all the other environments of their life, which boys don't get a lot, right? Yes, I was just thinking of my 15-year-old teenage son as you're, as you're sharing that, to have um, a program like that. And actually, you know, my son, Soren, when he was at the Kaimuki Middle School, Trevor was doing the Boys to Men project with the DOE, and it was offered to his class. So um, it's, it's, it's fantastic work, and I wish that every teenage boy could have access to it. And hopefully, you know, this year or maybe next year, you guys are going to have a, um, a retreat for the boys to men. Do yeah, I sure hope it gets to happen again. So, you know, I'm Trevor's holding that and there's some other men on Maui that are holding it too. And I haven't been more deeply involved at this time in the, you know, in kind of the leadership around how it's being organized. And obviously COVID has put a pause on so many things. I want to also put a little plug into the Sacred Sons right now who've created an online program that's just starting for young men online that's additional offering. I think it's really great because the Sacred Sons have really connected with a lot of men um, from many walks of life and now they're, they've done one or two rounds now of this, of this journeyman type work for the for the youth and I think it's really exciting and awesome and so they're raising money for that right now and capital and I think they're onto something I know Trevor's has a foot in that and is involved in that as well and um, so that is exciting too I haven't created something else like that there's a lot of legality things there's a lot of factors to yeah. hoops you have to go through when you work with children under the age of 18 right sure. when you, like there's just so many things so it's you've got to be under an organization that's that's got a lot of um, yeah. you know very well set up systems to make them safe yes. for the young men because there's such a history too of older men sexually assaulting young boys right yeah. there's like whether it's in the church or these other areas there's been so much unfortunate yeah. shadow in organizations mm -hmm. and there has to be a, has to be done very deliberately consciously and cleanly and that's kind of a cool thing about the online offering that that uh, sacred sons is growing right now too that's true um and that's sacredsons.com. So if, if you're listening and you do have a teenage boy and you're interested and they're based in California, correct? Actually, yes. Or and they are all, most of them are living on Maui right now. They all came here and stayed next door to us. And I got to know the, most of these guys very well because they rented the home next door and COVID happened. They canceled their retreats. Trevor was going to come over and all that. And then they, they decided to live here. So they've moved their organization largely here with some players in other places. But I think most of them are here with a few guys coming and going. But it's happening here. So and yet it's online and they do their their big convergence in California in the desert outside of San Diego. And I've almost staffed that a few times now. It just hasn't lined up to be there. I'm very much in support of the work they're doing. It's, it's really awesome and very inclusive and very plugged in. It's beautiful. How fortunate Maui is to have all of you guys there creating magic and, and offerings for the world to, to enjoy and to really evolve and grow with. Um, so I would, and thank you for all that because it's very inspirational to know that, that there are things like this and there are programs like this available. Um, if you're 
curious and you want to do any of this work, you know, you can find more information about Shems in the bio. Um, I'll be listing all of that in the Golden Thread podcast, but I want to retouch a little bit more also on um, this concept of the Aquarian man, you know, during this next new Kali Yuga, this age of Aquarius, you know, how do you see us? How do you see the men right now um, really honing into their spiritual path and where do you see this this evolved, highly conscious, gorgeous person um, existing, and and how are they really like? Where where are they? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like let's put it like that. Let's just say like because we know like for all of us, and I'm saying this for all the ladies out there, right? It's always like the one guy who comes into the yoga class, and now it's like two guys or three guys or. Four guys or five and so it's increasing most def most definitely or if you were fortunate like me to have a very balanced father figure and very balanced brother um it's kind of a no-brainer but you know this is a new kind of concept of this man that's that's equally balanced in his feminine and masculine so i'd love for you to comment on that yeah, there's a fair amount of thoughts for me. One is I'll simply say, I think the tide's changing and there are more men that are hungry to grow. Um, when you ask about what I see as the evolved Aquarian man, I see men going from kind of idolizing the lone wolf, kind of John Wayne type illusory kind of man thing that does everything on his own to learning to collaborate, learning to honor women, learning to work together with others. Like you look at our country right now, what just happened yesterday, it's just such a nightmare to see the division and the, the lack of capacity to understand a different side, an opposing side. And I see the evolving man having the capacity to see both sides and understand another and to not fight from this righteous, um, narrow view place, but starting to see the whole, and that includes women, particularly men knowing how to honor a woman's power and her strength and see her gifts in that and rise to meet it or at the same time, invite her to meet him, make space for a woman to be in a full capacity equal on all levels versus this subtle games that go on where there's this power over. It's like, I think of it as more as men are gonna be operating power through. And the difference between those is power over is that, you know, for me to really feel safe and evolved, I've gotta be more powerful. I've gotta be wiser. I've gotta be a better athlete versus bullshit. I've gotta work power through me and then I use that to empower others to run more life power through them. And mm. then men will be ushering more light, more energy, more consciousness, more aliveness that electrifies others rather than feeds off theirs to be strong temporarily. Mm. A lot of that going on, right? And that's what the president's been doing on so many levels of like very ego, very thriving on positive and negative attention and being powered up by it, but not sharing that power, not spreading it, not moving it through him in a way that benefits anyone else except those who are in his little circle, right? Right. And so then I have another side to that's really important that I've, I speak this a lot. I don't see that there's a huge gap between evolved women and evolved men. I think there's a lot of women out there who are evolving and are drawn and have had a hotter fire to do their work and discover. But when it comes down to it relationally, most often I see that women have wounding that equals males wounding. And that 
that their work is to keep meeting what's going on inside of themselves too and not play the victim role of there's not enough men out there and when are they going to finally meet me and when's a man going to show up me is like do that work inside yourself of like what part of you has that story what part of you is holding that what part of you is carrying forth that belief because you knowing your worth and your value and your heart and your being as a woman and all the gifts that move through you in life you becoming magnetic will attract the man that meets you and the more women who stand in that and drop this story that where are the men why aren't there enough men i don't want to hold that story and and to yeah. really call the men forth but not by making them wrong not by saying when are you going to finally do your work to evolve but go like here's how i want to be met and here's the level i'm meeting at relationally if you're not interested in that that's okay i'll love and accept you anyway but i'm not going to go deeper i'm not going to let you inside of me I'm not going to welcome you into my heart and my gates until I really feel met by you. And I'm doing it from that from a place of love. I'm doing it from a place from seeing you and I'm doing it from a place of inviting rather than some of the loaded energy. A lot of men have been attacked by women whether it's unconscious, psychic, subtle thing of being made wrong, and I think that comes more from feminine wounding than feminine power. And so I'm really inviting another wave of feminine power to come through for women to really own that and and to not call a story but just to make space to be met. Yeah. Beautiful. I resonate with all of it. And I think it's just incredible because it's like you're reading my mind. <laughs> and I know that there's many women listening to this that are just saying like yes, you know, with their whole body and spirit and soul and and really finding that union within themselves not just to be worthy but have done the work and are ready to be present and welcome in that level of intimacy and love and joy um which is just to me god's gift to be human really <laughs> Yeah. It's just, you know, we should, everyone deserves to have that kind of intimacy and love in their life. And, um, and it isn't like you said, all about doing the work all the time. Right. I mean, we have to enjoy this beautiful life that we've been given on this, on this fantastic planet. Um, and our time is limited, you know, so I really appreciate everything that you do and and really everything that you encompass and choosing to focus on things that i believe are going to help humanity and those that work with you to find unison within themselves and within their brothers and sisters which truly is all about community and you know about being here and bringing heaven to earth and having the moments of like beautiful blissful recognition and then connecting to the deep sorrow and trauma that we all hold within and finding the joy in the suffering right is like we can do this and so anyone that's listening that's resonating with shems which i completely do i wish i could just sign up for everything <laughs> um you can find all his information you know in the bio link um do you have any upcoming offerings that that people can learn more about we're about to launch a woven which is going to come on really soon which is going to be a like twice monthly meeting with a diversity of people leading and it's going to be really beautiful really affordable entry place we're going to break in a small group i'm very excited about this collaborative creative environment that's about diversity about deep listening about you know dissolving polarity 
I have a, uh, the Men's Leadership Council is going to be starting up again at the end of February and March and another Men's Pastors will be happening. And at some point, my wife and I will be leading Empowered Loving again, which is an online couples course and maybe April, May. We're there's so much going on with this property that we have that it's uh, and my my work's been full. So those are things that are on the horizon. So if someone wants to join my, my email newsletter, that'd be a great way to, for me to update someone who you know is interested in finding out more. And I always offer folks who are really serious about doing work with me a free session to drop in and meet for a half hour or so and have a little connection, get to know each other, see. I don't work with everyone. I have, I have a pretty full schedule. So I, I like to connect with people there and just see if it's a match for us to work together. And so I offer that to anyone who sincerely would want to maybe do a deeper dive and work with me in some way. That's, that's an open door to as a way of just checking it out. Yes. I mean, so many offerings and I mean, your time, I can't imagine how you fit it all in. Um, <laughs> and Shem's and his beloved wife, Achintia have this incredible space which i heard you named called the starlight sanctuary on maui um and you can find that on instagram it's starlight.sanctuary as well as you can find shems on instagram and it's shems hartwell is his yep. ig shems heart shems heart and i will put that all um on the bio link as well but we have many opportunities to work with this incredible man and there's got to be something that resonates with you and i would do what he said and go to his website and just sign up for his newsletter and you'll get all the information there and that's shemsheartwell.com um i'm just like so floored right now and i'm so excited for everything that that you're doing and for this this starting launching off this new year with this podcast is very inspiring for me and so i really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for saying yes um <laughs> because i've been trying to pin this pin this like come on let's please do it so i'm so excited. <laughs> we finally like we made it happen and it's such a glorious day for that and and really at such a pivotal moment in history um as we you know for those of you i know not everybody is in america but we are going through such a huge transition right now and um so to have practices and access to people who have done the work and not just through their own um, self-initiation, but really have like found the professional certifications also, which is really important, you guys. You have to find the right teachers that have not only steward, you know, professional certifications, but have their own direct experience, which will make the teachings so much more impactful and authentic, but grounded and, mm. and really pure in its intentions. And so if you're feeling any resonance in your body that's like wow i'm bubbling to the surface conscious awareness is is really just here for me right now i'm having an aha moment which i'm sure many of you did during this podcast um reach out and connect with shems because there's a reason for that uh and it's important to listen to that listening to your intuition and also know that people like Shems don't, they come once in a while. And I will say that because, mm. you know, it's true. It's really, really true. We've, there's you, there's people that can steward great teachings and then there's people that can embody, but not teach. And then there's people that can teach, but not really embody. I mean, but you're the whole deal. So I want to just really give you deep bow, you know, mm. for your path. 
deep bow for your path. And I adore your wife too, by the way. Yes. <laughs> so oh, that, that helps. Well, um, I really, Marty, yes. Thank you. I'm, I, my, my heart is warm and I really appreciate all this, this love and care and support and being seen. And it's a delight to be with you as it has been the times we've been together. So thank you so much. And I really appreciate being here with you. Thank you. Thank you for your time and um, blessings to your whole 2021. And I'm really looking forward to the woven. I think that's going to be a fantastic opportunity um, to just even practice deep listening, which is, is really a cultivation and a skillful means that we all need to do. So I encourage all of you guys out there in the Golden Thread podcast world um, to connect. And thank you guys for listening and looking forward to connecting all with you soon. Blessings. Much love. Aloha. Aloha.